Right, this is episode 74 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name is Trent, and I'm joined by Jason. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Or morning or evening, whenever you're listening to this. Right. Hope everybody had a great 4th of July this yesterday and a great weekend this past weekend. Speaking of 74, 74, July 4th, is that a coincidence? That Whoa. Did that just happen? Yeah. Did your mind just get blown? It did. It did. Big time. <laughs> 74 is also the number of games Golden State will win next year, right? <laughs> or the number of times oh, that God. Steph Curry will cry if they don't. There you go. Anyway. Now that we got that out of the way. Yeah, all the all the Thunder fans are <laughs> up in arms. <laughs> Episode 74 here features Mike Ariza and Jeff Sandoval. We've had Mike on before, so... If you have not heard that, do yourself a favor after you listen to this and go back and check out episode 12. It's been quite a while. It was last, I think it was July last year. So Yeah, it was yeah summer so last year. It was, was a good, good one. Year. Yeah. yeah, good year ago, and it was a good one. He goes into great detail about all his past and everything. And This one's more focusing on what Mike and Jeff have done together with their new EP that's out now called Project Playlist. And it's a great one. It's got five tracks on it. A couple of them are, have already been out for a little bit, but they've got a couple new songs on here as well, and it's all great stuff. Yeah, it's just uh, it's great uh, meat and potatoes, hard rock, uh, you know, riffs. Uh, it's got some soul in it. It's just good stuff. I mean, and uh, you know, it's only eight bucks. They'll sign it for you. You got to get one. Yeah, that's eight bucks. Includes shipping and autographs. That's so right. That's like. As good a deal as you're going to find on something like this anywhere. You got one. Yes. I ordered one, so no excuse. Right. And speaking of, that website that you can order that at is www.squareup.com backslash store backslash Jeff and Mike. There you go. Get on there and order it. Yeah. And you're probably thinking, why should I order it? Well, we're going to let you know right now because we're going to play so long.
So Long from Jeff Sandoval and Micah Riza from the CD Project playlist. Or should I say album? You can, That's I think right. you can order this online as well. Well, actually, they talk about that. Uh, they're keeping this as a physical product, actually. And you can get three of the tracks online, and then two of them are only available on this this disc. Yeah, extra incentive. Yes. So, So Long, just a great hard rock song. Obviously, from, you know, there's two guys we talked to. There's great guitar work and great vocals. The You know, Jeff's vocals are... You used the word soul just a little while ago. Yeah. Full of soul and passion and just, you know, everything I love from a vocalist this guy has. And, you know, obviously Mike Arise is an amazing guitarist. And, you know, these guys kind of got their, their name out there with Frank Hannon. And, you know, he played on a seat of Frank Hannon and held his own. And now he's out here proven by himself. That's right. You That's know, right. Why he belongs to be in your ear holes. <laughs> and uh, Frank Cannon played a little bit on this uh, on this album. Yeah, on the song No Answer. Yeah, yeah, but um, this that doesn't take away from the fact that you know these two guys, uh, it's just flawless. I mean, it's flawless songwriting, just uh, flawless performance, and the production is uh, just out of this world. Um, <clears throat> it's it's just so good to just crank it up and just uh, let these riffs just get all in you, you know. Yeah, Will Hunt plays the drums on that song you just heard. And I think he does on another song in the CD. And Chris Collier plays on here as well, and he also produced it. Yeah. And, yeah, just just great, hard, melodic hard rock. Yeah. You know, you can't go wrong with that at any time. No, never. Always is good for the soul. (laughs) Yeah. And these these guys also are part of uh, Frank Hannon Band's Six String Soldiers. So if you're a Tesla fan and you're not aware of that, do yourself a huge favor and get Six String Soldiers, Frank Hannon Band. It's just a great album of tracks with, you know, Frank and Jeff and Mike, and then they've brought in a bunch of guest guitarists who are also playing. So you've got all kinds of great guitars when you've got Mike and Frank and, you know, all these other legends on there as well. Oh, definitely. So get that one, but of course, get Project Playlist. Well, we're thethunderunderground.com. You can check out all our previous episodes, like the one with Mike or any of the other stuff we've done. Get on... Uh, our Facebook, send us a message if you want to buy a t-shirt. Shameless plug. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Right. But all right, let's just get into this right now. This interview with uh, Jeff Sandoval and Mike Ariza. What's up, fellas? How's it going? Pretty good. Yeah, I just looked and it was uh, episode 12 that we had you on, and we're now at episode 74. So ah. glad to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having us, man. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So we got a project playlist coming out now. We got the advanced copy. We've listened to it and love what we've heard so far. So, what's your guys' thought on how it's turned out and everything? Man, the love and the appreciation that we've been receiving from our fan base has been overwhelming. We didn't think that we were going to get this type of response, but it's been mind-blowing. We're very, very thankful and very grateful. You know, in the true artist fashion, you know, you have, when you're doing something, you have all this anxiety. 
And I think uh, anytime you do something artistically, you have a really large amount of self-doubt. I think that's natural. And I actually think that's why we become, you know, creative junkies, if you would, is because you you have all this, this anxiety and self-doubt and it builds up. And, you know, we were even joking, you know, we're going to sell some, but I don't know if parents and family members count. Grandma's check. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, it, it, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's purchased it. We were just, we're really amazed and it's, and we're doing this all ourselves and it's been really fun. Um, Jeff and I fulfill the orders ourselves. Uh, we hand pack the envelopes and we, you know, we print the invoices and we respond directly to everybody and that makes this really, really fun. So thank everybody. It's, it's been yeah. exciting. Yeah. So like you say, if you, if you're hand packing them, everything, where are they going? Are they going all over the place or just, man. Yeah. yeah we, it's crazy, man. Just, it's kind of touching the entire country. I mean, there's still pinning up on what States we haven't hit yet. So we've been really fortunate pretty much are covering the U S right now. And, even Hawaii. Hawaii, yeah. We actually put uh, some some guy did a video of him on the Hawaiian Islands with dancing with our music on the beach. It was cool with him and his kids. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was completely awesome. There, yeah. You know, some of the markets that were strong were markets, uh, markets where um, we had played before right. um, with the Six Green Soldiers Project. Um, and that was really cool as people that we've met out there. Um, you know, and when so it's just the momentum and we 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 took a pretty big uh break from that time until now not necessarily a break but the opportunity um to actually publish uh, has been a long time if you were to look at those but we've kept in touch with those people and it it resonates deeply with us that you know they've kept track of us for this long and we're anxious to hear what we would do next and we're greatly appreciative um that they wanted to invest their hard-earned money into this new album. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen all the pictures you guys have been posting to everybody, showing the album they got and everything. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, our uh, Derek Leva. Yeah, our buddy Derek Leva here. He's a guitar player here for a local band. He was the guy that started it. He started it. He got the very first you know copy that was shipped out, and uh, he did it. And I was just like, well, that's cool. And then... You know, the orders kept coming out, and people people are getting a lot more creative. We had this guy in Oregon, Brent. Uh, Brent Angelo took it and put it in front of this gorgeous waterfall. Yeah, road trip, man. Road really trip. Good. And stuff like that just means so much to us because that's what music means to us. Right. You know, music means, um, you know, right before, right before we came on here, man, we were listening to the Black Crows on, on vinyl. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it's 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 what we all grew up with. That's what music is to us. And so to see um, our friends out there enjoying music the way we do, and it's our music that can't put a price on that. Nice. Well, we're going to a buddy's house later and we will take a picture of it, all three of us, and send it. <laughs> Creative. Let's see what you guys can do, huh? Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, you guys obviously have done a lot of stuff separately, but the sound of this album's reminiscent to what you guys did with Frank on the Six String Soldiers. Is that just the way you guys work creatively together, you think? Or was that kind of a conscious thing to build off that sound you guys had with Frank? Or Well, I think it's just what we're inspired by, what's surrounding us. I mean, Mike and I always have had this vibe about us. And it's not as though we pursue a certain sound. or It's just what's happening right there, right now. I mean, 
what we're subjected to at that point in time. And collectively, we usually agree if we want to move forward on it. We don't think that there's a bad idea. We just kind of hammer it out and something usually cool comes about. So pretty psyched about it. Yeah, we don't, um, our, our working pattern is, you know, since I'm the riffer, if you would, I'll, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll go, I'll go through, you know, I've got, you know, I, I try to work to have a new riff every day. So yeah, idea. you should yeah. see his uh, <laughs> file here with riffs. There's like 12,000 riffs and he's like, pick one. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's, uh, okay, let's try 10,000. Yeah, this guy. Right. So it's crazy. <laughs> but you know, speaking of six string soldiers, you know, um, Number one, that's we're very proud of that project, and that yeah. still that still resonates with people. And I think for any anyone that, that publishes music or does anything artistically, to have something that can sustain itself and have an impact on people that uh, that continues to uh, rejuvenate them, rejuvenate them over time, yeah. um, is something that every artist you know uh, reaches for. That project and that album was initially an album where. A majority of those songs, with the exception of Sixteen Soldiers and um, the Dickie Bet song, yeah, when the wheels touch the ground, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, though all of those ideas were originated by Jeff and I, it actually was going to be an album that was just going to be produced by Frank Cannon, and we got in the studio and had so much fun that the project took itself. You know, it took off from there. It took off from you know Jeff and myself being in the studio with Frank. And so our fingerprint and our hands are all over that. So the, the, the beginning roots of that was Jeff and I. And so for you guys to say that the, the new album sounds just like that, we, we really appreciate that. That's awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, um, Mike, talk about, you know, because what I hear when I hear it is it could be solos or you're riffing your rhythms. It's just like your tone is so – it's bright and punchy, but it's heavy. And, I mean, it's just like if – I play and if I was doing something that's what I wanted that's what I would want to sound like how did you get that and if if, if you yeah high five <laughs> if you want to share your secrets I mean how did you come up with that and talk about the the origins of your sound because it's it's just super great the or thank you uh, I mean as a guitar player that's what we really strive for and um, I want to thank Jeff for being conscious of that as well um, when we go into the studio we're conscious about the overall sonic experience, and uh, we've always been conscious about that, about living a world-class experience for everybody, and the only way you can do that is to get the engineer that's capable of that, and we couldn't have done it without Chris Collier on this project. He brought it to the forefront. He brought that balance of everything that everybody would want to isolate and enjoy without over-dominating any other instrument or any other part in the song. We were very conscious about that, and we calibrate very heavily on that. Uh, not really in a scientific or uh, manner, but in a feeling manner. Uh, my tone, quite frankly, guys, is Saldano amps. That's it. Uh, a guitar, chord, and a Saldano amp. I could get any guitar anywhere in the world, and I can plug it into my Saldano amp, either my SLO or hot, my, my Hot Rod 50, and boom, we're ready to go. The inspiration for the Saldano was just the era where I started wanting to perform more. Um, there was a local guitar store here that was uh, old school, tube amps. And uh, at that time, it was Warren D. Martini. It was, um, who else was playing? I mean, everybody was playing it back. George Lynch. I saw George Lynch with them 
I saw Warren D. Martini with him, and even Eddie Van Halen was in a guitar magazine with the Soldano. Stevie Ray Vaughan. I mean, and so all of these, all of my heroes were playing them. Uh, uh, Tommy Skio and Tesla had one, um, and so it's like I had to have one. And so instead of going to college, I bought a Soldano, 1990. <laughs> even. <I've> been, <laughs> Honestly, my parents gave me my IRA money, and they wanted me to go to college. Just says, I want to buy this amp. Yeah. <laughs> and so I cashed the check, and I went and bought me app. And since 1992, that's been my sound. But one thing I can honestly say about Mike's tone, I mean, no matter how, where he plays or what type of amp he comes through, it's all in those fingers. It all yeah. comes through him sonically. And it's just a vibe. It's how he holds his hands. It's how he, the placement of the guitar He's just very capable of copying this vibe and this tone, and I really think it comes within you as well as the equipment. Well, in the the, the chunk and all that, you yeah. know, you know, I was into death metal growing up. You know, uh, I was into Megadeth. I was into Metallica, bands like Obituary, really heavy tones. That was, you know, that was my age group. That was the bands type of bands that I played in in high school, and um, so that type of, you know, that. Chug yeah, <laughs> is yeah. always part of me, um, but you know the harmonics and the and the the, uh, um, the cascading glycerines of a song that need to be there are there, and that's that's where Jeff and I balance each other. And a great thing about it too, he's not afraid to adjust his you know tuning. Uh, I mean, he'll just kind of mess with different tuning on his on his guitars and capable of coming up with that sound. Uh, for that particular sound song that we're working on, so it's pretty cool. Nice. I was wondering when you guys, I saw that picture several months ago of you guys in the studio with Frank, and yeah. we kind of wondered if you guys are working on something with Frank Hammond Band again, but obviously now that was probably no answer, right? Which yeah. Was, yeah. So how did, did you guys write that with him in mind, or did you write the song and then ask him after the fact to play on it? Well, the funny thing is, Mike and I had some studio time booked, and I wanted to go in and finish some vocal tracks, and Mike was going to go in and finish, lay down his solo. And funny thing is, I got a call the week before from Frank, and he's like, hey, buddy, how you doing, man? What are you guys up to? I'm going to be in town next week. Uh, what's going on? So we were able to hammer out uh, the date, and luckily he was in town the day that we had the studio booked. and. You know, it just worked out. It was the stars aligned, the planets aligned, everything kind of came together. And, yeah. you know, we had a blast. I mean, Frank was just there, just having a good old time. And, you know, what kind of guitar did he play? He played like a $350 student guitar. <laughs> yeah. He just grabbed it off the wall, tuned it, plugged it in, and goes, cool. With strings that were probably about two years old. Yeah. And he made it sound like Cannon can only make right. it sound. Because, so. And it comes down back to like, you know, the gear is cool, but mm -hmm. it's not the gun, it's the gunner. But it is the gunner. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't premeditated at all. We literally had that time booked because our schedules were busy. Everyone was busy. And it just so happened that Frank Cannon was in town. And it was actually his idea. He's like, you right. guys got anything going on? You got some songs? He's like, let's take a picture and let's post it. Let everybody know that we're... You know, we're still, you know, family. We're still, still bros. We're still going to work together. Um, and when we were, when we were in the studio, it wasn't like um, it was it was like a brotherhood yeah. hangout. It wasn't like this this transaction. It was far from transactional. It's just you know, picked off right where we left off with Sixteen Soldiers. Sixteen Soldiers, quite frankly, was just a fun thing of three guys that love music. Um, 
just as much as anything else. Obviously, our families and our loved ones come first, but Six String Soldiers was a, a physical product of three guys, three songwriters that love to make music. And so this was just, we picked right up where we left off. And anytime you have someone in your life that's important, or no matter how long it's been, you know, if it's been one day, one month, one year, or five years, you're going to pick up right where you left off. Yeah, and the beauty about us three working together, we all put the song first above anything else. It's all, the song comes first before your vocal tone, guitar, whatever it might be. Right. Uh, does it does it fit the song? Does it make the song better? I mean, that's what it's about. Right. It's is, always been about that. Is this going to touch people? Is right. this going to touch people the way, um, the, you know, my favorite songs touch me? And that's the yeah. most important thing is, you know, I think, I hope, you know, every artist wants to have that. Yeah that type of um, participation in the world. Um, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of turbulence going on in the sure. world and stuff like that. And and we've made the decision um, that we're going to, you know, be that 20 minute escape because that's what I need. Oh, yeah. I, I need that escape. That's why I buy records. I need that escape from everything else because there's it, regardless of what happens in the world outside of us, when that band hits the stage or when we put that album on or when we, put that digital iTunes record on or whatever it is we do at that point in time, we are all one part of one family and we all have the same purpose. And I, I, I hope that continues on. Man, the reverence coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Preach it. Yeah. The cool thing about it too. We always have that moment and this is when the crowd goes, <sighs> okay. So we know we have it right. Once uh, we all kind of pause and agree on that. So. <laughs> Well, speaking of touching people musically, I know a lot of people besides me have mentioned how much they love Love, Life, and Beauty. And we talked to Mike about this last time we had him on, but I wanted to get your perspective, Jeff, because I think I read I think I think read a long time ago where you said something like you woke up in the middle of the night and wrote those lyrics, if I remember yeah. right. And the cool thing is, I mean, I don't know, Mike called me one night after I had a little too much wine, I think, and uh, he's <laughs> I've been listening to James Taylor and I got this vibe, man, but I don't think you'd like it. I'm like, you know what, bro? Just send it, man. I love you, man. Just send it, man. You know how you are. <laughs> you know how you got. So <clears throat> I listened to it that night and I was like, wow, man, this is haunting. And I just could not get it out of my head. So the following day, you know, I was kind of lingering around and I was like, man, I, I can't, just can't grab, put my head around this song. And so that night, and I was kind of going to bed, and my wife was like, good night, honey. And I said, good night, my love, life, and beauty. And I was like, that's it. So I wrote that down. And um, the thing is, throughout the night, things just kept on coming to me and coming to me. So I always kept a notepad right next to me on my uh, bedside table. And so that night, I started writing, you know, love, life, and beauty is lying next to me. You know, and then the next line, the next line. And then the next morning I woke up and I'm like, I have this song written. And I looked and, you know, everything was written all over everything else. And I was like, ah, curses, right? <laughs> so uh, I had to decipher it. And it took a while. But once I did, um, I went to the store. Check this out. And I got me one of these things that I could put <laughs> my, yeah. my And I carry this thing. I've had it ever since. Right. And this is a lifesaver. So if you're a writer, songwriter, you never know when it's going to come to you or hit you. 
but if you have words, inspiration, a melody, I mean, it's right in here. So the funny thing, the next song I think was Lipstick, Smoke, and Gasoline that we put together off that. And I was like, she's a bit of nasty with the slice of mean. And that came to me in the middle of the night. And I don't remember even saying it in this thing, but it was in this thing. And that's what happened. <laughs> At least you had it in there. Yeah, man. So the cool thing, we, we're just so in touch with, we're so in love with our with our wives, man. And, and really seeing the relationship Mike has with Marta and who I have with my wife, Sharon. And, you know, just the love and the support that they give us. I mean, this project is us four. I mean, without them, we couldn't do this. Right. It's, it's pretty obvious. Same thing with Sixteen Soldiers. I mean, yeah. they booked all the flights. They booked all the rental cars when we go out. On, a, on the road with Frank, I mean. They're like, just get out of here, just <laughs> right? go. So yeah, it was great. We would be on the road and like, <laughs> Jeff would be like, how long do you think? And I'd check Facebook and there's my wife with all of her sisters and everybody with Mark Margaritas. <laughs> Margaritas. <Yeah. laughs> with, yeah. uh, with Love Life and Beauty, um, Jeff came over and uh, we actually had this on video. Um, he came over, he's like, I've got it. I'm like, got what? He says, I got the song. Yeah. Well, right. which one, dude? <laughs> he yeah. says that one that uh, that that one you thought that was James too, Taylor. The James man. Taylor one. I was like, really? It's like, yeah. I was like, well, let me hear it. He says, just play it. And then, uh, if I remember correctly, my wife and my sister-in-law there, because she was living with us at that point in time, and he's like, Marta, you know, Megan, you're gonna want to come see this. Okay. <laughs> and so we're sitting in, at at my old house. We're sitting in the living room, and we do it. And basically. What you hear is what it was. Mm -hmm. All we did was make it longer with Frank. That's it. Right. I mean, the the verse and the chorus was there, and we knew we had something special because when we were done, we went to the verse, the pre-chorus, and the chorus. Um, when we were done, my wife and my sister-in-law were full of tears. They were crying. And then Jeff and I got our trip up. We said we got something special. Not in an egotistical way at all. Yeah. Not at all, but just like, uh, you know, the, the, the luck of the universe and all the blessings of everything that's encompassed in it all just kind of piled up into this, into this, you know, into this part. Nice. And so we were, we had a huge celebration of, of being able to discover that if you would, we don't want to, we don't want to make it come across like we have these equals, like we created it. We were, <laughs> we were lucky enough to discover these elements, if you would. Right. And the cool thing was when we were at, uh, Red Hawk up at Frank's studio. He was like, well, guys, this is a great song. What do you want to do with it? And I was like, well, can we get a Zeppelin thank you vibe with love song Tesla and put it into this song? And Frank paused for about 20 seconds, you know, with his hand on his chin going. And I thought I pissed him off. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I pissed off Frank. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, we can do that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And then we went to the computer. Right. And we were up all night with that song. Yeah. So uh, luckily, we were very lucky because we missed the plane, right? Right. We had missed a flight yeah. the night before to come home. Yeah, we missed a flight, and uh, we were going to work on Love, Life, and Beauty the, the next, next time around. And we missed our flight because working with Frank, we're always running on Frank time and our time, and, well, we – yeah, right. they were going to wait for us. Right. Southwest was going to wait for us. So we get to the airport. The plane is backing up, and we're beep, beep. We're like, shit, right? <laughs> Last flight of the night. Yeah, so we call Frank, and we're like, we missed our flight, bro. And he's like, cool. Well, 
come on over, let's write some more. And we were already exhausted. We were ready to sleep on the plane. Yeah. Went back to the studio. And um, we hammered it out. Man. Uh, yeah, well, they were working on some other parts. I slept on the floor. The funny thing <laughs> is, when Mike was playing the, the, his part, he was literally like this, nodding <laughs> off. Right yeah, there's video of me in the studio. Like, I was just saving my energy to perform. I'm just like, so like monotone. I'm just like, yeah. okay. Okay. And, yeah. And Frank's like, Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and the, another cool thing I want to share with everybody about Love, Life, and Beauty is um, the acoustic parts. I'm in the studio and it's freezing in there. Yeah, he did that for a reason. Freezing because <laughs> he wanted to keep me up. I mean, it was like winter, dude. Like I, I had a leather coat on, and I'm trying not to go plunk, plunk, plunk. Practically playing it in gloves. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, and it's like freezing in there, and so it's like. You think it sounds like this warm and beautiful, like bling, bling. Oh, it's freezing my ass off in there. And, um, you know, Frank was being Frank Hannon, and Frank Hannon being probably one of the greatest guitar, not obviously he's one of the greatest guitar players in the world, right. but one of the greatest acoustic guitar players yeah, in the world. Yeah, um, he really molded me within that two, three hours that we were cutting those acoustic parts. Um, that redefined me as an acoustic guitar player, those moments, because he showed me how he cut love song. He showed me how he cut, you know, all the other great Tesla records on the acoustic. Yeah. He, he, he shared that with me and he mentored me there. And um, it was, I'm, I'm still stoked about it. How yeah. lucky are we? The cool thing, he's like, try holding your pick like this. It was a trip, dude. He had to be there. Right. And, you know, when you go to work with someone, you, you have to relinquish all that you are to allow yourself to be coached to the benefit of the song. And I think that's the downfall of a lot of people. They're just like, no, man, this is me. This is how I'm going to do it. I mean, when I'm working with the Riza or a Frank or whomever, it's kind of like, okay, what can I offer this project right here, right now? What is my role? And just by respecting, having that respect with those people, yeah. yeah, their time and their talent, got to do that because right. it's not about you it's about song. so those nuances i mean the core the you know the seed of the songs are starting to sprout yeah. it wouldn't have grown into what it what it is now if it had not been you know for frank hannon you know the three of us honestly being together at that moment and those nuances that you hear when that song starts and you hear the acoustics throughout the song um there i'll tell you what there's no copy and paste in songs that we do right. you're, you're gonna do it right yeah. And <laughs> the performance is going to be there. And we've been really fortunate. That song has been played at weddings, and we never thought. You know, right. Um, funerals, wakes, unfortunately. But right. mean, that's the song that had touched those people. And it's been played everywhere. I mean, we yeah. got responses from yeah. Australia, India, Israel, all over the place. And the only place we can't seem to tap into is Japan for Japan. some reason. And I don't know why. Come on, Japan, wake up. Hello. Maybe you guys can help knock on their door and say, okay, check this out. But So you think they would catch on, you know? Yeah, you think, right? But, yeah, there were some some friends from, I was looking for it. Uh, I was organizing my drawer earlier, but uh, there was some friends from Northern California that got married. Yeah. And they they had the, the um, they sent out the invitations were like these VIP rock passes. And they invited Jeff and us. Unfortunately, we couldn't make the wedding, but they had guitar picks. And on the guitar pick was 
the grave love life and beauty. Yeah, it's really and cool. so that just that that is such an honor. Yeah, we love that song. We're, we we yeah. accomplished what we set out to do <laughs> yeah. with that song, so we touched a lot, and hopefully we can continue to write. Yeah, I'll say I've I've listened to it I don't know hundreds of times, and every time I hear it, your vocals just give me chills. It's like one of the best ballads I've heard in years. I just you know not to fanboy out on you, but that's just. <laughs> No, it's cool. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there is a, definitely a lot of emotion put into that song. You know, when, when I was in the uh, booth, Mike was like, man, you were moshing in there. It's because I was grabbing the walls and, you know, doing all kinds of stuff, just trying to get it out. Capture that performance. Yeah. 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 And we try to bring that same type of emotion and, you know, uh, originality and, you know, genuine uh, heart and soul into this new project. And we're, you know, uh, there wasn't really a ballad on this song, but we had the acoustic song, which was It's All I Need. Um, yeah. The entire production of All I Need is, I mean, hats off to Chris Collier, because, man, the production on the song is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, every time I hear it or we turn it on, we're like, oh, God, you know? It's acoustic. You almost, you really, at least for us, you forget you're listening to it's an acoustic, acoustic song. song. Right because the bass tone that Chris Collier was able to dial in, the drums that he dialed in, the way he just kind of layered everything. It's just very, uh, very edgy, but still, you know, our spin of acoustic rock, if you would. Right. Yeah, that's probably my favorite song on the album. Cool. I kind of got a lynch mob vibe when I was listening to it. That might be from your vocals, but it's just, it's just got that real kind of, eerie kind of feeling to it but it's still not dark at the same time you know i was listening to dark new day acoustic sessions a yeah. lot around that time and that had a heavy influence and then will hunt who played on beggars and thieves and played on so long um was already kind of in the mix at that point in time right. and so i was researching you know will hunt and his his library he's got an amazing long i mean played with Black Label Society, yeah. played with Evanescence yeah. and stuff like that. And he's out there blowing it up in Europe and Italy with, yeah, like killing it, with a very popular band out there. Yeah. So I was just kind of doing research on who he was as a musician. And then I've always been a huge Seven Dust fan. Clint Lowry was part of Dark New Day. Um, his brother, who's in St. Asonia, was part of that. And then, you know, so that was, that just had, I was just always on. And so it kind of, that's what inspired me with that song. Yeah, the cool thing about that song, Mike showed up at my house and I was doing deck repair. <laughs> and Mike has his guitar while I have my hammer in my hand. I didn't like, help. And he's like, dude, check this out. Isn't this cool? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's kick ass, bro. And I'm like, because the wind was blowing. And I was like, I should record this shit. Where's my little, recorder? Little recorder? And of course, I had my recorder on the deck. <laughs> Luckily, I captured that melody on the deck while he was playing the guitar, and I just started belting that out. I wouldn't have remembered that damn thing an hour later. You know, old man brain, it tends to fade after a while, but that song is really cool. He has such a cool vibe, and his tuning on the guitar is brilliant. Again, hats off to Mikey. But, uh, yeah, man, I was kind of really listening to Badlands and all that stuff, and I just had this smoky type of you know cool rock and roll vibe you know gillen was just badass and yeah. jake and for the record badlands is our yeah the thing that's up there for us that's where we connected the most was 
you have, I had this old cassette, right? And we were playing it. And I was like, you're a Badlands fan? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, cool, man. And we just kind of connected from there. That, that's, that's not one that a lot of people know about, but the ones that do, it's, yeah, that's awesome. I'm right there with you. Yeah, Voodoo Highway was just that album, you know. Um, Bill Stealer. God, God almighty. Go, 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 God, just, you know, just, yeah, just raunchy. That's what I tell Mike. I'm like, dude, grease. you got to add some grease, bro. Yeah, and he's Jackie like, Lee, all right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. And you guys get it, yeah. so that's even better. Right. Yeah, we, oh, dude, God, yeah. God, I wore that tape out. Don't even get me started, man. <laughs> I wish I could find it on vinyl. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, definitely. All that stuff, I mean, it's you can't find that stuff anymore. It's tragic. So. And I, that's what I think what's so cool about yeah. Voodoo Highway is yeah. I don't know what happened, you know, legally with that, but it's really not available. Yeah. And so yeah. it's just it's this thing that, you know, the, the hardcore rock fans, you know, latch on to. And at that time, um, for Jake Lee to put out an album like that was just, that was ballsy, dude. Yeah, badass, That dude. was ballsy, you know. This was in what 91, 92 ish. Yeah, one of our unsung heroes. Man, we just love Jake. Man. Yeah. and you know, bless uh, Ray's heart, man. And you know, hopefully uh, Jake continues with some success with his new projects. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, well uh, you know, these riffs on this on this new project were was this stuff you had laying around, or well, I'm gonna we're gonna do new stuff. Let's come up with some riffs or part of the ten thousand. Yeah, or they, were they part of that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so long was part of the 10,000. <laughs> uh, um, that song, Blue Run, I wrote that song, uh, that riff, probably when I was about 17 or 18 years yeah. old. Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. That's crazy. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it's just kind of, uh, I don't even know how it came about. I, it was just one of the riffs that Jeff picked, and he was like, yeah, noodling, noodling. I'm like, Jack, this is badass. We just got to do something with it. So, I mean, we just ran with it. It just, I mean, we wrote that song in like an hour. Yeah. It just boom, boom, boom came together. And yeah, it's it's yeah, it's one of my favorites. Will Hunt is a beast on that he song. He killed dude. it. My <laughs> God. We had this basic stuff and we sent it to Will and he's like, all right. <laughs> we're like, holy shit. <laughs> we're like, we better step up a little bit, Mike. You know, you know, like that. I have this image of this nuclear explosive. <laughs> <laughs> he took that song to another level, um, and that song is extremely fun. Um, you should have seen Mike in the studio. He was like, "Oh, getting ready for a boxing match now, stretching, yeah. like, right?" He goes <laughs> in and plugs in. Everything's on ten, and it's yeah. it's over, man. And, and that just goes to prove what we were talking about earlier. There's no such thing as a bad idea. Right. Being you want to exercise that creative muscle, and you want to you want to preserve those things. I mean, Jeff has his his um, his little recorder thing. That riff was actually on cassette tape, and that was a, one of my favorite riffs. That you just don't you don't forget. And I'm fortunate that it was it still sounds contemporary. And that also proves that you know we. We categorize music too much, I think. Yeah. You know, um, Prince, I mean, we just, the world just lost Prince, and that was a major downer for me. Sucks. And he was one of the, you know, uh, in fact, today, fact, today, I went to go visit my father, and he was watching Purple Rain, and he was telling stories to my wife about when I was young, how I used to emulate him, and I used to, you know, there was no, 
VCRs yet, you know, we didn't have one. We didn't have MTV either. You know, we were, my, my parents didn't cable television. We didn't even have a television, you know. So uh, I would go and I'd put on his records and just the, um, the thing with stuff like that is, you know, Prince didn't believe in categories. He didn't like categorizing people. Right. He didn't like categorizing music. He liked the creative aspect. And Amen. So, you know, and so uh, having a riff that you can keep from when you're 17, 18 years old, whatever it is, <coughs> an album, you know, five years later. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty <boring. laughs> Right? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> so, five, um, five years yeah. later, did I'm you get that guy? He's only 23, man. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, unless I just, unless I'm not saying it right, it doesn't say on the credits who played bass on So Long or No Answer. That was Collier. Okay. Yeah, yeah yeah he's our guy man um can't speak highly enough about that guy he's everything that you'd want uh, he's he he brings that same element that frank hannon did for us wow yeah fun creative real um disciplined we, we we're disciplined but you know we have we have everything else in life that you know we have we have jobs of course right yeah and those they're very demanding on us and you know we, we take a lot of pride in what we do in our professional jobs. Um, we're professional, we're successful in that. Um, and so, you know, uh, managing the numbers down to the minuscule, you know, making company growth and all that, you know, when we go to the studio, we want to, we want a vacation from all that. Man. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're not on the clock. Collier you know? brings this vibe. I mean, he, this youthfulness, man. I mean, he's probably 20 years. Well, maybe, Two years younger than I am, but uh, man, he just—he's just such a great soul. He's an old soul, man, right. and he, he just gets it. gets it. He gets it all. Yeah, you can kind of say, you know what, man, I want to total the hell out of this, and he's like, Don't got me. it. So you know, a lot of people are like, Toto, who's Toto? I mean, some of the greatest <laughs> musicians ever, right? And you, know, you know, Lukather and all those. I mean, think about it. That's just what those guys can do. And, he just gets it, man. So we really appreciate what he's brought to the table for us. And man, he's just and we when we go there, we just kind of go, all right, Chris, here's our idea. And he's like, cool. And then he's in there banging out the drums and yeah. getting this greasy tone on bass, and it's just it's awesome. He is uh, he is a huge asset to the music community. I mean, Big he's, time. He uh, I I met him at a uh, uh, lunch mob show. Yeah. And, um, was it the yeah Lynch Mob? Right? It was Lynch yeah, Mob, was and um, actually Oni Logan took off with my phone <laughs> <laughs> because somehow it was I had called Frank Hannon, uh, and so you know how it shows a caller ID on your phone, you know, and Oni's like that Frank Hannon, I'm like yeah, he's like can I talk to him? I'm like um okay, <laughs> and so I had Oni Logan my phone. And he takes off with my phone. I'm like, dude. <laughs> He's like, hey, Frank, you got more work, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so uh, that was the opportunity to talk to yeah. uh, Robbie Crane at that time. And um, Collier was there because uh, that other guy. We had jammed with the other guy that uh, uh, Brian Titchy was oh, the drummer. Oh, Brian Titchy, And yeah. he had left yeah, yeah. to do something else. And so Collier, because he had mixed the Lynch Rock, the Lynch Mob album was filling in, and uh, throughout the set, I was like, "Man, who's this dude on drums? He's awesome. Let me get his number." And um, so we kind of briefly connected, 
I followed up with him because I loved what he had done on the Lynch Mob record. And he's he's done Lynch Mob. He's done stuff with Michael Sweet. He's done stuff uh, uh, with a lot of you know big time artists. Yeah. And you know it's a Chris Collier production because it's it's in your face, but it's not overly compressed. And we admired that. And so we had been working up to this point um, because his he's just he's really in demand. And that's what we do like about him because when you're listening to music. We want each piece of instrument to have its own space in the song. So, like for instance, what song haven't we talked about yet? Beggars and Thieves. Okay, Beggars and Thieves. You can really focus in. Okay, the drums is here, the bass is up here. You know, he just has it balanced so perfectly. And, you know, sonically, when you listen to it, it's it's cool, man. So he gets it. Right. Yeah, the dude, can, he's, he's uh, originally a drummer. Yeah. Um, and he's so... I obviously if you're filling in for George Lynch, you can play the drums. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if, you're, if you're mixing an album for George Lynch, you can mix. Yeah. Right. Um, so in addition to that, he can, he can play guitar very well. Sings his ass off. He can sing uh, um, and he can produce. And so he's this, this one stop shop mm -hmm. for us. And um, so the success of, of the sound and the production and the, and, uh, of this project, um, it, he was he was the third band for us. And the cool thing about our mindset is trying to keep our circle really small. Right. And just know who you know and trust who you trust. And that's the beauty of it because we know we could hand something off. I know I could hand something off to Mike and he's going to get it done. And same vice versa. And just having that element with Chris is, is puts the icing on the cake. Yeah, and to follow up with that, I mean, when we when we when we decide it's time to do a project, the last thing we want is to you know tell our friend we're working on something and have someone else drop the ball. Yeah, that's that's just we that's, we just can't have that. That happen has it? Does that happen? No, doesn't no. <laughs> Has that happened to you guys? Never, right? <laughs> <laughs> this guy, <laughs> that dude, I knew it, man. What do you guys uh, have any? Do you have live gigs set up to play these songs or you know i've been invited we've been invited to play a couple festivals but man it's just for us to kind of travel across the way it's it's difficult right now what we really want to do is focus on the writing and want to continue to do that and build off of that so yeah those will come but the one thing we don't want to do is we don't want to put something together just for just for the shits and giggles yeah just for the sake of putting something yeah. together we would um you know as far as like a location, um, California has been a great second home to us. Right. Um, so we would focus on like Northern California. Yeah. Um, and that just, honestly, that just, we've played there several times before with Frank. Um, and uh, that, you know, because of the 16 soldiers, we've been able to make a lot of friends there. Yeah. That would be the, um, logistically, that would be the place where we would go. Um, and, uh, we would want it to, you know, we want to make sure that we had the musicians backing us uh, that were um, that were of the, the mindset that we were looking for. Yeah, and, and you know, the mindset would obviously, and then obviously, second the talent. We've we've been discussing that, um, but it's not in the immediate future. Yeah. Okay. Do you have? We'll play a lot of at your house, bro. Right. We'll yeah. go, Jeff. Yeah. I got a deck out here. There's enough room. Nice. It'll work. It'll work out. Yeah. yeah. You know, we might. You know, we would be obviously down to doing something in acoustic with Jeff sure. and myself somewhere. 
um, to, um, you know, we, we could do acoustic versions of all the songs that we've written, no problem. Yeah. Um, but once again, it'd have to be the right, um, the right environment. It'd have to be something that would be conducive to, um, to helping us grow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you have plans to do more EPs down the line, or you you think you guys would ever do a full album, or just kind of do we're it right, as it comes? We're writing right now. I mean, yeah. we never stop writing. I have a complete song here for him to. He sent me some music uh, this past weekend, and I just completed my part, so I'm gonna run it by him later and see what he thinks. That's cool, man. Yeah, we would like to. Um, the EP thing. Uh, this was a. Uh, this honestly, this was a. Uh, if you look at the cost, it's it's eight dollars, and that includes shipping. You get five songs, and quite frankly, the the business aspect of it is, um, you know, we had put out some stuff digitally, and it's cool, but it really didn't leave Jeff and I fulfilled. Um, and what we mean by that is, you know, people had a physical product with Six Green Soldiers. We wanted to give uh, our friends something physical, yeah. and, and we wanted to. So look, so if you were to go to iTunes right now, most songs are $1.29. Okay, so you're getting five songs with this and the shipping for eight bucks. And you're so, signing it too, so that makes it even more. Yeah, that's that's a, more that's a great deal. Yeah. yeah, our fan base, they like that tangible, something right. tangible that they can hold, open, check out. I mean, Mike's album collection over here, I'm like this, oh, do check this out. We're checking out the inside and holding the record all, you know, you yeah. guys get it, right? Oh, yeah. And it's something about that, and we really believe that that aspect needs to come back right. somehow. And you know, we we're proof in the pudding right now that that uh, our fan base is really digging what we're doing with that tangible product, that physical. Right. Product. And another commitment we gave to everybody that was going to you know spend their hard-earned money on this project is that the the, the new songs, so like so long, it's all I need and beggar. Beggars and Thieves on iTunes. Yeah. These two new songs, we gave them the commitment they're going to stay on the CD. Yeah. Because, you know, um, you know, I've bought CDs before and then I'll see them on iTunes. Like, well, you know, you know, at least for me as a customer or as a fan of music, um, I would like, I think it's cool to have some exclusiveness. Yeah. Like, you know what? This is the only way you're going to hear these two, these two new songs from Mike and Jeff, or Jeff and Mike from the Project Playlist is on this CD. And we think that's pretty cool. Yeah. What do you guys think? I love it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it's. Well, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say yeah, it's a smart idea because this day and age, it's so much about how quick it can get something. But if you're a fan of music, you know, right, you want this in your hand. You yeah. know, pick it up. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, and, and I, I, I'm really on this uh, vinyl kick. Actually, I bought this record player um, about eight months ago. Um, for a house that my wife and I were buying, and we we decided, you know what, we don't need a five hundred thousand dollar house right now. We're gonna live simple, and so we went from living in like you know this large living space and to like five hundred eighty square feet, and um, we're having a blast. And so I finally got the opportunity to break out the record player yeah. and break out my records, and I'm having so much fun on it. Um, I've, I've been looking up, you know, cost analysis. Um, for us to do vinyl that's something that i would love for us to do down the road but it's it's something we actually can do yeah but uh it won't happen this year but it's it, it's in the plan it's planned yeah. yeah yeah i remember you showing us the big animals as leaders vinyl and Dude, I broke it. 
everything. Yeah, I broke it out last night and played it. It sounds amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, what's cool about that is it's autographed by the original three members of that. That's one. great. Those guys are from another planet. They're not yeah. from this. No, no, I, I can't figure it out. I get my calculator out and everything, and I still can't do it. <laughs> yeah, you know the world, the world needs artists like that. You know, for I the, know. You know, and I'm glad that those guys are there, and I'm glad that Tosin is out there. I mean, he's he was just out with Ingwe Malmsteen and Steve Vai and stuff like that. Yeah, that guy's nuts. It's great. That's totally cool. That's something I just can't do. And so I'm glad that, you know, that there's someone out there like that doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks for doing this, guys. We appreciate your time for sure. All right, man. Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah. So Project Playlist, um, $8. You can get it. We'll, we'll send you guys. I'm sure you guys have the link where to get it. Um, yeah. Uh, a couple things we would like to speak out about that is uh, it, it's uh, – uh, Thank everybody once again. Um, it's been a seamless transaction. It's a simple site to go through. We've really been very happy using this. Um, all the orders are fulfilled directly by Jeff and myself. Um, we personalize everything. And if you want anything personalized, just leave us a note when you order it. Yeah, the optional yeah, yeah. comments that you can do. And we'd be more than happy to do that for anybody. Um, you know, we we sign them. We don't. Uh, we, we 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 do sign them before they go out. But if you want some personalization on that. Uh, let us know. We'd be more than happy to do that. Yeah. Um, and if you have any questions about how to process the order, we've we've worked really hard to make sure that when you go there, you do not have to create an account with this place. Um, you can do it as a guest, um, and it's secure. Um, they are, uh, you know, we did a lot of research to make sure it was something that was convenient and a secure connection for these transactions. Yeah. We've been extremely happy. It's been a flawless transaction for yeah. everybody so far. Awesome. What else? We appreciate the time. Definitely. All right. That's it, man. Uh, thank everybody for listening, and thank you guys for supporting our music. And stay tuned. We're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More's coming. More's coming. Yeah. Thanks, uh, guys. Thank you. We'll see you. Bye. There you go, Jeff Sandoval and Micah Riza. Thanks to them for taking the time out of their evening to record that with us. We recorded that over over web chat. And went pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was pretty seamless, and uh, you know we appreciate them uh, taking some time out of their uh, Saturday evening yeah. to hang out with us there. Yeah, and I might take him up, Jeff, up on that offer to to play in our to play in my backyard. That's right. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, why not? We'll start a GoFundMe, raise funds to fly him out here, we'll throw a party <laughs> in my backyard for maybe. Maybe we'll shoot for next July 4th or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, that is not beyond the realm of possibility. No, we can pull it off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially if they're just playing acoustic, like you said. You know, we don't have to pay for, you know, big sound system. You know, nothing crazy. You know, That's right. Just That's, have a good time. You know, I think we might be on to something here. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's work on that. Yeah, mark we'll, it down. You heard it here first. Yeah, we'll chew on it. We'll, we'll let you all know. <laughs> but like I mentioned earlier, get on... Get onto their uh, Facebook. It's just just type in Jeff Sandoval and Mike Ariza. Pull it up, like them, follow them. Get on SquareUp.com and buy this album. Like we said, it's autographed and it's only eight dollars, and that includes shipping. Great deal for five awesome kick-ass rock and roll songs. Yes. Well, get on Facebook as well and like us. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, what am I forgetting? Periscope. And then, of course, soundcloud.com backslash thunderdash underground. We've had 73 other episodes that you can go check out. We've had stuff with guys from Warrant, Europe, Sons of Texas, 
We've got a lot of heavier stuff with, you know, guys from Crowbar and Corrosion and Conformity and Soil, Insight, Battlecross, Overkill, Chris Broderick that used to be in Megadeth. Drowning Pool. Yes, CJ Pierce from Drowning Pool is a great one as well. The list goes on and on. We've got tons of tons of great stuff and tons of episodes where we're just talking about music. So get back in there and check them out and follow us and like us. We'd appreciate it. Hell yes. TheThunderUnderground at gmail.com. Send us your your music or your desire to buy a t-shirt or whatever. That's right. Your love mail, your hate mail. And speaking of the website, there's a new review up on TheThunderUnderground.com at independent reviews for uh, Crane Technique. It's a band out of Joplin, Missouri that we're hoping to have on the podcast here coming up in the next few weeks. So be on the lookout for that as well. That's right. And I just want to note that this is probably the first episode that we went all the way through and I didn't say fuck. So now. I, but I just said it. So that's yeah. really not that special of a deal. So, <laughs> so maybe episode 75 you'll make it through. I wouldn't then, count on it. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be a Thunder Underground episode without you saying fuck. That's right. I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> All right. Well, we got anything else we need to talk about? I think we're good. All right. Well, until next time. See ya. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground.